0: That's whenever I hit probably my lowest point. Um, I turned to prostitution, and it was short-lived, but nonetheless, it's still, it is what it is, and I I was more concerned about, you know, getting high um, and using X than I was anything was raised with a alcoholic father and an addict mother um it wasn't my mom wasn't that bad whenever my parents were still married but when they got divorced it got really bad um well it progressively got worse and my dad um
1: and he left and
0: <clears throat> my parents so nervous. I'm really trying to gather my thoughts here and trying to find some flow.
2: Good, you're good. <laughs> Keep going. I'm so sorry. No, it was perfect. Let me ask you this about your dad. When once your dad left, did he come back?
0: No. Well, I can I don't remember a whole lot during that period of time because it was so chaotic and I was like seven or eight and my mom started dating this guy and uh, they used together and then my dad was just off doing his own thing. Um, I would see him occasionally, um, but he was off doing his own thing just, investing into his daughter um and my mom's addiction was not horrible when my parents were together but it got worse um when she started dating this guy and
2: uh kind of drugs when your mom was using what kind of drugs what what was she doing at that time?
0: she she used meth um, or any type of speed. It, it progressed from in the 70s. It was, you know, crosstops. And then it progressed into methamphetamines. That was pretty much all she she would use. And um, she had a great job. Lost that job. Um, and when she got involved with this guy, um, they were together for, I would say, probably six. Seven or eight years, and um, they used uh, all the time. So your dad,
2: so your dad's out of your life. My
0: dad is out of my life. And yeah, your mom's
2: using all the time.
0: My mom is using all the time, and that relationship was extremely toxic in and of itself. Like there was never any holidays that were not arguments and them breaking up. And he lived right down the street. He would just speed off down to his mom's house, and um, there was no, like, stability ever. Um, and then my dad, during that time, like, he was supposed to be picking me up, and there would be times where he would not, like, on his weekends, he's supposed to have me other over every other weekend, and he wouldn't show up, and my mom would come looking for me, and I would be Hiding in my closet, just sad, because my dad didn't want to come pick me up, and I felt felt like I wasn't important to him, and he didn't love me. And that's where a lot of my, <clears throat> a lot of my, um, my, my identity and self worth began from there. Out of the deficit, there was nothing there. Um <clears throat> and so as time passed, um I became a teenager and my mom got <coughs> Excuse me. My mom got really bad on drugs. She was using intravenously and um meth and she got messed up in the wrong wrong choices and ended up going to prison. And during that time, I met my first husband, we were not married at the time, but um, I was 15, and my mom, and he was 18, and my mom would just allow him to come and stay the night. You know, she was so wrapped up in her own addiction and her own brokenness that she was not parenting me like like she should have. Um, so the brokenness just continued to grow. Um, and he was, he was involved in drugs and then his mother was a dope cook. And, um, so.
2: And she was the one who supplied drugs for your mom.
0: Yeah. Okay. So my mom got them from a lot of different sources. She was very resourceful. Sure. Um, that's what happens when you're a drug addict. You find you find ways to supply your habit, and you find sure. places to find it. Um, but yeah, she was uh, definitely uh, part of that.
2: Let me ask you this: when you were when you were a little girl, um, and all this chaos is going on, normal things like supper or you know just normal everyday things, what did that look like in your house?
0: Um. Mom, bless her, she can't cook. Um, we ate a lot of uh, noodles and cereal and popsicles and ice cream. We didn't have a whole lot of, like, normal dinners ever. If we had a dinner, it was probably at Shalotsky's or, you know, some kind of fast food. Um, When you're on meth, you don't eat a whole lot. Sure. So it's like you know
2: did, did did so would you say that your mom during that time was was somewhat functional as oh. far as a drug addict
0: for the most part yeah she would she at that time she actually had a business after she lost her job she had a business that she operated out of our uh back of our house <clears throat> and um i think that probably helped her to be as normal i mean like she she ran a business and was a drug addict i mean she she is pretty highly functional as
2: did you feel abandoned by both your mom and dad because of your mom's drug addiction and your dad leaving
0: yeah i didn't start feeling the abandonment for my mom because i was with her constantly that didn't happen until like later like when i was a teenager and uh I realized that my mom was sick and she had the, the addiction. And then I started resenting her. Like, why can you not choose me Yeah. instead of getting high? And, you know, I was a cheerleader and she at one time complained about how much it cost for me to cheer. And, and I just remember saying to myself, I just won't do it. So then that's be one less thing that she can complain about. It was rough. It was rough. But yeah, I did feel that my mom chose addiction over or drugs over myself. Um, and now that I'm an adult, I understand it more greatly. Um, of her brokenness and how she operated out of her brokenness. And you know, I've forgiven her since then. And that has helped a whole lot with our relationship. Absolutely. Um but you know, it was hard. It was hard as a child cuz you're trying to understand life. You're you're starting to figure things out. And then you have both your parents who are extremely, you know, alcoholic and addict. And it's like, you're just trying to figure life out. I mean, it's hard enough being a kid. Yeah. Um, And much less not having parental guidance to sit down with you and try to explain life to you.
2: How do you feel? How do you feel that? You know, is moving forward. How do you feel like that? Maybe that that sense of abandonment. How did that affect the relationships that you would have? Pretty early on in your life.
0: Oh gosh, it affected everything. Yeah, I operated out of that brokenness and of trying to find love in many different aspects. For instance, um, just having relationships after relationships after relationships uh and never completely feeling whole because i looked for someone else to fill fill that um hole that was there from my parents um that was hard
2: yeah so how how early how early did you start um searching for something to fill that hole and 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 what did you what 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 were some of the things that
0: well i my mom she wanted me to smoke weed instead of drinking because my dad was an alcoholic and it was more safe for me to be smoking pot than it was for me to be drinking because you have more control that was her logic in her mind so I started smoking weed when I was 12 and continued for quite some time in my life Um, and that was the beginning of uh, drug use that I used over the years and I ended up like as a teenager Sissy came on the scene. I used that, cocaine. I never really wanted to use meth because I saw it ruin my mom's life. And I never really wanted to drink alcohol because, again, I saw it ruin my dad's life. Um, but everything else was pretty much fair game.
2: Yeah. So you start using drugs at 12. Mm-hmm. So... <clears throat> When, when did you have your first relationship, and how did those relationships look without any parental guidance? Oh
0: um I would say, gosh, I don't know about like the first relationship. I had my first boyfriend when I was in sixth grade, but like intimate relationships, I was fifteen. Um, and again, you know, it was just because i had I had no one like keeping me accountable like what are you doing you know why are you doing that Uh, my mom would say stuff but I didn't I had no respect for my mom at this point you know you're just an addict you know I didn't I did not listen to a thing she said because I felt like you know what's what's the point of you even saying anything to me you know you're not really a good role model why would I listen to you um And that's kind of how our relationship was as a teenager. Um, But I, like I said, I started having intimate relationships when I was 15. And then just, it was, it was bad for a period of time until I was 19.
2: Were were the, the the men or boys that you were involved with, were they the same age as you? Were they older? Where did they come from? What did that?
0: They varied. I would say probably they were a few years older. Sometimes they were the same age. Um, And I want to talk about
1: how going back to trying to find
0: love. And The stuff that I allowed myself to be in sometimes, um,
1: and being vulnerable and not
0: knowing that those things were not right. Um, for instance, there was someone in my family as a teenager who, um, you know, kind of took advantage of me at times in my
1: brokenness, and that
0: was one instance of sexual 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 trauma that I didn't realize that it was affecting me as an adult until just recently last year, whenever I went through um, sexual trauma treatment, and then there was another. Um, relationship when I was say I was probably fifteen or sixteen and that male was twenty three and I was just I was just someone who
1: could satisfy whatever sick desires he had with
0: a young girl. Um.
2: So you're 15 and he's 23. Mm-hmm. Did anybody say anything? Was there anybody that goes, wait, there's something's wrong here.
0: No. Yeah. No. And the crowd that he had was, you know, a little older. But, you know, as I'm an adult or when I turned 23, I thought to myself, man, that was not right. Yeah. That was not right. And then I didn't realize how how just even having that relationship caused so much damage for me as an adult um until I got healing from that. I didn't even understand that it was so it was so deep within that it caused so much other issues with my current relationship with my husband that I have now. I remember one day uh, last year, just thinking there is something seriously wrong with me. And that was whenever I was like, I gotta have some help. I gotta have some help. There's something seriously wrong with me. And come to find out I just had so much trauma that I had covered up for so many years but i didn't even know that i was numb i was completely numb to it i need some tissue yeah tissue it's like
2: <laughs> <laughs> absolutely Hey. Okay. Yes. You're doing great. Okay.
0: Okay. Glad y'all told me that.
2: We're proud of you. We are. Um, so through your teen years, really at rough round 15, that was a tough stretch.
0: That was, that was whenever it really went downhill. Yeah. It went downhill really fast after that. Um, and my dad during that time, I don't even know where he was at. I mean, there was a period of time where I didn't talk to him for years. He didn't call me on my birthday. He didn't call me Christmas. No, no time. I don't know where he was at. I don't know.
2: Your mom was moving in and out of, of relationships as well. And you guys were moving a lot.
0: Yeah, we moved one, I think between 15 and 16. I think I moved like four or five times. Sixteen to seven. I don't know exactly the dates, but yeah, it was a lot. And then she was going when she went to jail, and she ended up going to prison.
2: Your mom did. Now you, you guys moved to Valonia.
0: Yes, I moved to Valonia. Me and my mom moved in with her boyfriend at the time, and she uh, dating a guy, and she was on drugs, of course. And I was living there with him when she went to jail. And during that time, there was um, there was no... this sounds crazy, but there was no, no furniture in there. It was being remodeled, and I was literally sleeping on two rolls of carpet, like you know, where the carpet is so long and you, I was laying right in the middle of that carpet with a little space heater and there was no, um, back door on the back of the trailer. And, you know, eventually he did kind of fix it up and put a back door and, but during that time, my mom was in jail and, um, my mom, uh, had a court hearing and, I was attending Vilonia High School, and I was at my friend's house. And um, my ex husband, my first ex husband's mom, during that time, who's the dope cook, um, came and picked me up. And I just remember the look on her face whenever she pulled up. I knew my mom had a court date that day. She looked at me and she said, "You're coming to live with me." Like, okay. So she took me in and she was in addiction also during the time. And but she there was different standards there at her house. Like we had to apply ourselves at school and so she was a little bit more stable than my own mom. Um and so I moved from Bologna back to North Rock and enrolled back in North Rock and um at that time she was cooking dope in the heart of Northwood Rock and you know I was just going to school attending school like nothing was changed or anything um knowing that my mom was in prison I remember I remember this guy that I grew up with he's like you're never gonna graduate high school just hateful stuff you know um but during that time, uh, I met, well, I didn't meet, but she had a son. And uh, we went to school together, and we became really close. And his name was Joshua. And we, that was like my brother. I'd never had any siblings before, so this time I go from not having any siblings to having a younger brother who's, you know, literally a year and a half younger than me, and like that was my friend, that was my my dude, my my little brother. You know, he didn't mess, nobody messed with me, and nobody messed with him. We was always looking out for each other, and we we got really close. I mean, you get close when you're sleeping in the same king size bed with your with your brother. Um, because I didn't really have uh, a bed. I had a room, but I didn't have any furniture in that room. Um, so Josh and I just, we we became close. Um, and I stayed there until I graduated high school. Thankfully, my mom got out before I graduated high school. So she was there. My dad was there. So I had reconciled or not really reconciled but I talked to my dad um, before I graduated high school and I'd actually went to go visit him I guess I was probably like 17 or 18 um, and so we we were starting to kind of mend our relationship at that time <clears throat> and um, so I was living in Greenbrier, that's where I graduated high school. I had to leave my my regular um, my North Rock High School my senior year. We decided to move out to Greenbrier. And I had to make all new friends my last year of high school. And that was so hard. Because all the people that I grew up with, I didn't get to graduate high school with him. Sure. Um but in natural fashion, I can make friends anywhere. <laughs> and so in Greenbrier, you know, she was uh cooking dope out there and
2: Yeah, this is not your mom. This is the this, this is, is the dope mom. cook. <clears throat> Yeah, that you're you're living with them again. And she's yeah, still I'm
0: still living there. This is before <laughs> my mom um, got out of uh, prison, and um, but once my mom got out of prison, uh, she told me she said, "We're you got to move out of here because this is not a safe environment. What if they get busted?" I'm like okay you know and so my mom and she goes and gets three jobs and you know we get this apartment in North, uh, not North Rock but Little Rock <clears throat> and so I get an apartment with my mom and it's the one bedroom apartment and uh, she goes back to jail and during this time I had started using again because I really didn't use whenever I was um, like my senior year. I was, I smoked pot, but not anything um, serious. And then when my mom and I moved into that apartment, um, I started to use just whatever, ecstasy, cocaine. Those are my go-tos. And uh, when she went to jail, that's whenever I hit probably my lowest point. Um, I turned to prostitution, and it was short-lived, but nonetheless, it's still, it is what it is. And I I was more concerned about, you know, getting high um, and using X than I was anything, I think it just came became so i was 18 at the time i'd never had any like solid like this is how you budget your money you need to work da 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 like none of those things i was not raised in that my mom you know all the places that i'd lived nobody sat me down and said you know this is this is real life <clears throat> so When I resulted to that, it, it lasted probably about three months. And then I just knew, I just knew that that was not something that I wanted to do. Um, and I had gotten involved with it because some other girls that I knew were doing it and they're like, Oh, it's easy. Blah, blah, blah. Never easy. Yeah. It's never easy. It cuts deep and the scars are there. They are there. And so I was with my mom and we receive a phone call that her dad had passed away. So we go to Ohio and um we're there like you know doing all the uh funeral stuff and and then on December 20th her dad passed away on the 16th of December and on December 20th I get a phone call Um, from my first husband's, my first husband, wasn't my husband at the time, but I get a call and he proceeds to tell me that Joshua had died.
1: I just remember
0: dropping the phone. It was a landline and just dropped it and my knees buckled and I fell to to the floor because I had lost the brother. And so we left Ohio that day and came back and went and bit, went and stayed with Joshua's family and two days later I found myself we were invited From a friend of a friend to a church that was like forty five minutes away from where we were currently staying.
2: And that's that would be completely out of character. I mean, for you guys. You're
0: talking (laughs) drug addicts, really rough people. I mean, you know, just the year before I was in prostitution. You're talking a rough crowd. (laughs) Um and, you know. Yeah, we did not fit. We, we drove 45 minutes from Greenbrier all the way to Ferndale, Arkansas, and sat in this tiny little church all the way in the back, and there was like 20 of us, because it was just God, you know, God bringing that whole that whole crowd um, to his place, and I couldn't tell you what the pastor said that day, but I do remember that the Holy Spirit spoke to me during that altar call and said, you get up out of your seat and you go to the front because I'm calling you out. Um, and I walked down there and I, I gave my life to the Lord that day. I knew that I was different then. I always knew that there was something different even whenever I was going through all of that stuff as a, a child and a teenager <clears throat> I always felt I remember one time I was in the in the mirror and uh, I looked at myself and uh, I just said what what is my purpose God what I mean I would talk to God but I didn't know God like I know God now and I didn't know that I needed Jesus to get to God, but I would talk to God. Um, And I would ask God, like, what is, why am I going through all of this stuff? How do I have to endure all of these things? I knew even as a teenager that all the stuff that I've gone through this far, that was not normal. It's not normal. And a lot of people don't experience that at such a young age. They experience it as adults and stuff, but... Not at a young age. And I knew, I knew deep within my soul that one day there would have meaning behind it. I knew. Yeah. Didn't even know that I knew that, but I knew. Like, there's there's a reason for this didn't know why and it was painful um but i knew with the first marriage because they brought me in and they took care of me it was almost like i felt kind of obligated and i was there you know and my first husband you know we're really great together, like we never really had any issues, um but it was not there. it wasn't there. um I knew I knew it wasn't.
1: But I just wanted to be loved. I wanted to have a place um
0: Rather than knowing. God's word and knowing to wait I didn't
1: I just wanted to have someone to love me yeah and I hurt people in the process of doing that and that hurts me knowing that my decisions hurt other people um
0: i have <clears throat> i've since then talked and sought forgiveness for that and so i just went from one relationship to the next which that's how my life went for such a long period of time um i never really spent time by myself um until later in life.
2: What do you think, looking back now, what do you think was missing? What do you think that, knowing what you know now, what do you think was missing in you that you were trying to fill?
0: Oh, I know exactly what was missing. And that was a full-blown relationship with Jesus. Um, when I came to that point in my life and I understood what that really looked like, That's whenever he started to fill all the holes that were there and heal all the scars that were there. And understood that I was looking to find his love in relationships and drugs, whatever. I tried to fill it for all my life. But when I really understood how much God loves me,
1: how much he has done for me um and that when i came face to face with him everything changed
2: so there was a point there was a point in your life where um you'd left your husband you're you'd kind of rebounded and You got involved with another church um, and some people invested in your life. Can you talk about that? Talk about what happened in that?
0: Absolutely. So after my second failed marriage, um, I attended a church in Northwood Rock, the summit. And the very first day, I'll never forget it. It was July 30th of 2011. And I remember just going down to the front and praying. And this sweet lady came over and she prayed with me. And we were instantly friends at that point. Um, And she was an older lady. And she'd been serving Jesus a lot longer than I'd been alive. And just her disposition and her sweetness. And she started pouring into me. And the other pastor's wife over there Holly I was I was in a lot of little smaller groups and I would always you know be like okay Lord I really need to go to a group that you want me in and he had always put me with the really really strong women who could be very open and transparent with me and tell me the truth Um, and so those two women poured into me and for that season, that's where I needed to be, um, and then Noel came along in 2012, which that whole situation was, I was, uh, I was, a one of those dark places, uh, I got into a relationship with my child's father, and, whew, it was bad, um, He was struggling with a lot of stuff, and I didn't know it until after he moved in, and then it was kind of too late at that point, and um, I was scared at times um, because of the stuff that he was internally struggling with.
1: Sure.
0: Um, But in that, God gave me a child, um, and after spending some time at that church um, at the summit, I remember God one February Sunday morning was like, you need to go over here to this other church. And I did, and I never left, and that would be that church. (laughs) (laughs) That was in 2015. And, um, And then here I have spent building relationships, and... God has put me in people's lives, and I was able to be ministered to and to pour out to other women um, and finding my purpose. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Um, I did go through counseling, and that's where the beginning of the healing started when I understood...
1: Who God called me to be yeah, in my identity and how
0: I made whole in him. And that was whenever I really, really started to feel the change. Um, and then during that time, I ended up being single for 17 months which was the first time in my entire life since I'd been in relationships of being single. And that was the time that me and Jesus really got to know each other. It's good. And it was amazing. Um and it was what I needed. God knew exactly what I needed. And that 9 years of uh off and on relationship finally came to an end. And literally, let's see, that I remember going to Ohio and coming back and looking in my rearview mirror and thinking to myself, it is done. It is done. It's left. It's gone. It's dead. It's no longer there. And it was like the Holy Spirit just kind of gave me that peace. Like, girl, it's over. (laughs) and I was like finally you know I felt free and so that happened on Tuesday and literally that Thursday I met my husband and he came and mowed my lawn (laughs) (laughs) that's another awesome story of how we met like he wanted to mow my lawn during that summer and I was already having a a negotiation with one of my clients, and they were mowing my lawn, and I was grooming their dogs, and that didn't work out. So my lawn just grew, and so that gave Gage the opportunity to be able to come (laughs) and mow my lawn that Thursday, and then we went on a date Friday, and then two weeks after that, we were together, which was five years ago today, actually.
2: How cool. Yeah. Restart.
0: I mean it's actually
2: started over. Did yours start over? It did. I did too, so I'll just stop it and restart it anyway. No, it's
1: going
2: up. What does that mean? We're in the home stretch, sis. Right. You've done so good. Okay. You know what's crazy? What? Is you feel the pressure in the room. Yeah. I feel the pressure for you. Yeah. It but it's so the reason why there's pressure is because this is powerful. Yeah. It's really powerful. So
0: I hope that I'm saying exactly what God wants me to say. You are. And I'm leaving that yeah. Him. I mean we've prayed over it so there's that.
2: That's 100% right. That's exactly right. So 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 you you met your husband. Mhm. Um where 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 at that point when did when did you when did clean and sober Solid following Jesus. What did that how did that come about?
0: Oh, that's whenever I started counseling. And that was in uh May of twenty fifteen. So there were several different um uh services and it was just God saying, Counseling, 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 and um I was like, Okay, God, okay, you know, at this point, you know, I'd had a pretty solid relationship with God, but I kinda had one foot in the world, one foot over here with Jesus, and uh, not really fully committed, you know, and I think a lot of people do that nowadays. Um, You know, just, I'm going to kick it on Saturday, and then I'll be at church Sunday, or, yeah, I know what that looks like. I've been there. Um, (laughs) But um, the whole counseling and going through that and getting that solid foundation and spending a lot of time in in the the church. Yeah. Counseling here. Um, um, just building that foundation. And it's, it's like, it wasn't just all of a sudden I'm not going to do stuff. I mean, I hadn't done any hard drugs since like 2007, but just, you know, the, the little stuff, you know what I mean? Um, that was whenever it just kind of, I wouldn't say it just like one day I did it and then one day I didn't. It was like this slow progression almost that I was like, well, I don't really want to do that, you know. And Scott God just kind of taking things away that I'd held on that were comforting to me for so long. Um, smoking weed, drinking occasionally, um, you know. I, in the whole tr- sexual trauma stuff, from childhood until later in life, I mean, I had this addiction to porn. And that's something that was a struggle even after. I mean, that was something that I had even after I came to know the Lord. And so, like, letting go of those things, it took a little bit of time because it was it was what I knew. It was uh the, I guess... The, the normal of my life, you know? Um, so yeah, God started taking those things away and then putting back his truth. And he has definitely done that ever since I really started to pursue him. Every time I turn around, I feel like it's something else that I have to work on or that, I'm, that I see in the Word that doesn't please the Father. Um, so I would say during that 2015 is whenever I really started to feel that full shift, you know, that from one pendulum to the next. Um, but I also really sought after Him wholeheartedly. At that point. I knew him. I knew I was going to heaven. I knew he loved me. But I hadn't experienced that change. Completely.
1: And that was. That was the beginning then.
2: That is powerful.
1: Yeah.
2: It's powerful. Talk a little bit about Gage. <sighs> this little booger. <laughs>
0: Well, we're nine years difference. (laughs) I'm old. (laughs) But he's awesome. He's solid. Um, What's crazy is, I mean, when I met him, he was six months clean from an IV user and um, all kinds of, you know, drug use. Same kind of situation with him. So that was our... That was an immediate uh, connection. And what's so amazing about our relationship is I just laid it all on the line. I'm like, look, I'm really screwed up. These are all the things that I did. I have been into failed marriages. This is why. It was because a person, you know, like I don't want to screw up again. You know, I I just laid it all out on the line on the first date just like diarrhea at the mouth, and I was like, man, I just unloaded everything, and I don't even know why, but I just felt comfort in that, because um, I had been single for 17 months, and I'd gone on a few dates, and I literally, like, lose my number after the first date, because it was the Holy Spirit, and those those moments of knowing, like, I could never spend my life with this person because of this, you know, those red flags that really stuck out. Um, but Gage and I, we we met and it was immediate. He was he met all the outside qualifications that I thought I knew that I needed, which at the point that I met him, I was just I told myself I'm like I'm just gonna. Be single it should be me and Noel. and if i do find someone it's probably not gonna be a cute guy it's probably gonna be a not cute christian man who's <laughs> solid <laughs> that sounds horrible but that was the way i was i was just like it is what it is you know i've lived a life that's not so great so maybe this is just how that's gonna happen <laughs> or i'll just be single which i'm cool with um but when i met him i mean We just had so much common ground, and I understood his brokenness and how he operated. Um, And it it definitely has helped in providing grace in the relationship, which this relationship is so different than any other relationship I've ever been in because before, like, when things got bad, I'd be like, I'm out, you know, just kind of run off because that's all I knew. My dad ran out on me. You know, he was always running. Um, And I didn't know how to communicate. Um, But God has met me in all those aspects with, with my husband. And, I mean, I'd like to say that it's perfect, but no marriage is. You know, we have our ups and our downs, but all in all, I mean, like, he's exactly what I wanted that I didn't even know that I needed you know I knew I had like this checklist but then God knew that there was other things there that needed to be there and they're there um we just knew within two weeks like you're the one and that's it you know I'm like this is my third marriage. I'm done after this, so if this doesn't work i'm I'm out I'm never going to get married again it's, I mean you know, but I don't feel that way. I mean, I know that God is going to work this out, no matter what and I told him i'm like, you're not leaving unless you're leaving in a box <laughs>
2: <laughs> how much do you, How much do you think? How important was the 17 months of you getting your relationship with God where it needed to be?
0: Oh, it was everything. Everything. Because in that 17 months, I put God first. He became number one. So that when I was able to see Gage, I knew that that was the one. And like I said, I went on dates before and I was just like, this is not going to work. Um, And then because I am nine years older than him and he had just like started his walk in faith uh, in March that year, I knew that there was going to be some challenges in the way of I had been following Jesus for years before he had. And so I had to have this amount of grace and understanding that he's not, spiritually where I'm at, but I can't lord that over him. I can't bring that up. Um, I have to allow him grace to find his way. And that has been challenging. Um, but I work through it and I pray about it and I ask God to meet me where he's, where he's at. Um, because you know, everybody's on their own walk and it's important that like, I I think about it this way. Like myself, I took a long time to really find that, that, okay, I've met Jesus and now things are different because I got saved in 2002. I was going to heaven at that point, but really I did not live a life that was changed until much later. So there was that learning curve and I look at you know, my husband, for instance, not that he's bad or anything, but he's on that learning curve. You know, he's learning who he is in Christ every day. And um, so it's been, it's been fun to watch, really has. But that 17 months has given me the ability to really understand the grace, forgiveness mercy, like all of those things that we need to be to have our relationship firmly planted on the foundation, the bedrock of Jesus. Because we're gonna have storms. We're gonna have them. That's that's life. You know, and the, the word talks about that. Um and I've been through even in our relationship, um, Gage had to go to prison, and I was pregnant with Titus, and it was a year after we got together. He was sentenced for something that he did the day he came to Christ, which was March of 16th of March 16th of 2016, and he was sentenced less than a year. And then, so he was out while I was having Titus, and that was hard. I mean, he missed the birth of his son, and um, but and that was a that was a hard valley, a hard valley. Being pregnant and trying to prepare everything, and it was rough getting all of the affairs in order. Plus, I had a four and a half year old at the time, a business to run, you know. All of that, but God made a way. He met me in all of those, Um and that's what I say when the storms come. Like that was my scripture. Whenever Gage was away, it's Matthew seven twenty seven. The whole, the bedrock and foundation. Can't quote it exactly because I'm not that good. I just know <laughs> the crux of it. I know what God says. <laughs> But yeah, I, um, I needed that scripture.
2: You engage, do ministry together. Both of y'all mentor people. I mean, yeah. it's, uh, there's people everywhere that you guys have affected their life. And I know, I know of multiple conversations I've had with women that you've spoken to their life and, and you guys do that. You both do that. You know, it's a, such a picture of equal yoke. Let me ask you one final question there's a girl gonna watch this she's 15 she's in the same place Amber was at 15 she's got a lot of stuff happening to her around her what would you tell her
0: I know that hurts I know that hurts but God but God God will heal you he will make you whole I go to him, I go to him, if you draw near to him, draw near to you, there's healing around the corner and there is hope in Jesus.